that time of year, that time of year where spring is here. It's officially here. It really is because it was gorgeous out. I got to spend, I played hooky today and it got to be the ballpark, which was really nice. It was a little college classic going on, so I got to see my team play. It was, it was really nice. We lost, but I, I had a good time. Yeah, well, don't get used to it. It's Houston. <laughs> Summer's coming. <laughs> I know. That's, it's kind of like Canada having summer. Right, it's like that last two weeks so, you know, before before winter is here. Yeah, uh, yeah, but there's a lot of good things happening in spring. We're gonna get into some more rodeo talk, a little bit more some pros and cons, and uh, you're not gonna want to miss a top ten list of dangerous sports. Welcome to Neighbors Don't Knock. The show that brings you hilarious, unapologetic conversations only these neighbors can have. Join them and guests in their weekly mission to expand the neighborhood. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. What's going on, all my delightfully delectable and something? I couldn't find another D word. But how are you all, you neighbors out there? <laughs> I can think of one, but I'm not going to say it on the show. Well, I was going to think of one, too, but uh, we, uh, we started filtering now. <laughs> I'm working really hard at it. I really are am. Are we now filtering? As a I'm, I'm trying to strip that New England uh, <laughs> sailor's mouth out of my existence. It's uh, not easy, by the way. <laughs> I thought that was like an Irish Catholic you know thing <laughs> like or oh no that's or just the italian catholic or whatever the italian it is. irish catholic, catholic yeah, just like, swears non-stop yeah i know so <laughs> well we are happy to have you guys here today welcome to neighbors don't knock brian chambers with me as always yeah i'm philip goffrey and it is rodeo time still in houston so i still i could on the shirt again yeah second, yeah, yeah second recording in a row you well know, gotta i wear the rodeo flags the here. last one i had i still have to wear my republic boot hats in my texas but i'm not going pearl snaps i am sporting our little ndk uh yeah and anyone that is interested in, in getting some ndk info you know hit us up we'll we'll see what we can do there for you, you. i like the ndk and a little shout out to chris conrad over at republic boots uh hey man we're ready to come on whenever you want us <laughs> live on your stage so i know out. they're probably busy with all kinds of rodeo action going I can on only right imagine. now right i can only imagine how many boot orders they have to rush yeah. to make it in time for the rodeo and if you guys are wondering what we're talking about go back and check out that episode uh republic boot is a uh, boot company here in texas uh in houston specifically and they have they make handmade boots as well as uh, apparel, and they've been doing it for a long time. So check that episode out. It's a good one, yeah. And yeah. if you're watching YouTube, you can just clickety-clickety on the card so right there. make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and anyway, let's jump into it because this is our part two. As promised, we were going to jump into a little bit more of the, I don't want to say Debbie Downer moments of the rodeo, but just a little bit more of the cautious type of things, uh, that the not-so- bright and shiny, yay, it's all good that we talk about with yeah, the rodeo. I, I suppose it would be naive to think that if you shove two million people into one event over 20 days that everything's going to be all roses and, uh, and happy times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Um, well, first, I just want to, let's get into the, let's jump into the finances of it, right? Because we talk about how great it is for Houston. But you have to look at all the things that come out of the woodworks when you do that. When you get 2 million people or the city knows that they're getting that many people to come around, there's going to be uh, that cash grab. There's going to be, how, do we start upping the, the charge of, of parking? You know, uh, Uber and Lyft and all the ride shares. Oh, start peaky hours and, you know, things start going up. You know, restaurants start charging more or they, you know, implement the reservation system where they're making you pay for 
to to make reservations. I've seen some restaurants that do that, not not to hold your reservation, but to make it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's this. just a lot of things, especially in a large city like Houston, where I feel like it becomes, you know, it's, it's like any major event, but it happens for us every year for this specifically. Not just every year, but for 20 plus days. 20 days does not include the cook-off, which is an additional, what, three days on top of that. So you're looking at 23, 24 days, and that's not including the setup, which starts happening weeks before the entire event kicks off. So, yeah, you're going to have a big cash grab. There's no doubt about that. You're going to have door charges going up. You're going to have, hey, what about like roaming performers that come in for cash grabs? I mean, talk about... I mean, hotel, hotel prices... I, I was thinking. I was thinking more along the lines of like the adult dance clubs. If you're, if you're, well, a all, other, dancer, like, right? well, yeah, in general, all entertainment, like across the board, just in Houston, right? Because after after midnight, everything's done at the rodeo. Carnival shuts down. Everything, you know, and now you have people that have come in specifically for the rodeo. They want to go out. They want to go do stuff. They want to go to the bars. <laughs> they want to go to the strip clubs. I'm such an old man about this now, too, because I can see after midnight. After midnight's okay, but I've definitely you crossed... You turn into a pumpkin again? No, but I've definitely crossed into that middle-age, uh, you know, old curmudgeon that's like nothing good happens after 2 a.m. So if you're not home by 2 a.m., rodeo or not... Ted Mosby said it well. Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it does have, it, there's a large economic impact. And, and this is a study back, uh, you know, pulled up from uh, Houston Culture Map um, a, a few years back that the economic impact, it, you know, there's there's economic impact and activity impact. And so what you were talking about was activity impact. That's whatever from all the restaurants, the entertainment, things that are not with the rodeo, right? Well, $227 million are it has been it ranged roughly a couple of years ago, so it might even be more now um, from the economic impact of the rodeo and direct spending was about one hundred and thirty three million or so. Right. And this includes like hotels, food and beverages, entertainment, shopping, merchandise, horses, livestock, farm and ranch equipment, grand transportation and and event spending. Um, so the fiscal impact was about thirteen million and direct jobs was about 3,600 jobs. And the total jobs supported in the greater Houston area was 5,100, a little over 5,100. Now, the total economic activity of a couple years ago for the rodeo was about $390 million. Uh, direct spending, $243 million. Uh, you know, and direct jobs was around the same. Uh, but the jobs supported in the greater Houston area went up to about almost 6,000. So you almost had almost 800 more jobs that were uh, that came up from that. So I I mean it, it definitely helps the city of Houston. It's hard to look at it as a cash grab when there's such an impact on the activity around Houston. But at the same time, there's always somebody out there with their hand waiting for something. So I mean, so are you buying that? The, I mean, obviously in the large scheme of things, yes, I think that we look at this as an economic success whether it's activity or direct, or direct impact, right, for the rodeo itself. Yeah, I'm very pro-rodeo in terms of its, its positive impact on the city economically and otherwise, but I do think that I don't buy, again, that it's all, you know, just rosy and, and good times and fairy tales. I mean, you are going to have people taking advantage of the system. You're going to have a lot of criminals coming out of the woodwork that are going to be doing things like, Everything from selling you fake tickets all the way to genuine pickpockets. I mean, like we talked about, two million people see this thing every year. It's pretty easy to go get in line as you're trying to get funneled through those 
you know, metal detectors and whatnot to get yeah. onto the property and just start pulling things out of people's purses and Yeah, pockets, no pun so. intended, but herd like cattle through those little gates. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. It is it is something to behold, actually. We are herd like cattle through those gates. But but yeah, I mean it's kind of it's a it's a ripe environment for criminals for sure. Yeah, it's I'm, so let's let's take another example, like when the Super Bowl came to Houston. Do you think that had more of a positive impact uh, economically than the rodeo? No, I don't think so. I think it was less of a positive in- impact than the rodeo, but just because the rodeo is so huge and lasts for so long, the Super Bowl's one weekend. Yeah. Right? Whereas the rodeo, I mean, again, we're talking about almost an entire month of activity, so it's it's not apples to apples, I think. Okay, that that's fair. That's fair enough. I mean, you know, the amount of that the city spending is is another thing to kind of look at. You know, are are we really benefiting from a lot of this? Because one one thing that it's it's hard to miss, and, and we love being at the rodeo, but at the same time, you go and you spend what fifteen to twenty dollars a person just to get in to the carnival. I, I'm not I'm not hundred percent if that's what tickets are these days because I I haven't looked. But you you go in, you spend at least fifteen to twenty bucks to get in just to go walk around to the livestock show and the carnival. Right? That's not spending on food. That's not spending on parking. Um, and, and then you go and you, you know, you buy $8 beers or $10, $15 beers or whatever, you know, depending, you know, what your style, your brand is. I'm going to tell you guys right now, get real comfortable with Bud Light. (laughs) If you're wanting beer at the rodeo, if you're trying to save a little bit, (laughs) you know, you're in Texas. If it's not your beer of choice, man, you know, you can find that Stella or whatever, but you should get real comfortable with Bud Light if you want to save some money. Yeah, I have a request, actually. If you're going to go for the Bud Light, put it down. Go for the Lone Star. Let's. Uh... I mean, you can go straight for, yeah, even lower than that, right? I mean, I, got, I guess I got nothing against Lone Star. It's just not my style. How beer. can you have nothing against Lone Star? It's awful swill. <laughs> no, we love Lone Star. Go go Texas. Do, do we? Do we? I, I mean, we're not talking about Texas. We're talking about beer here, by the way. <laughs> This is a big difference. But, I mean, I'm just saying that like, you're already spending, let's say a family, let's take a family of four, right? And, and l- let's just say it's 15, let's let's go on the, the, the lower side. Let's say it's $15 just a person to get in, right? So you spend 60 bucks, right, just to get in the door. That's not if you've already spent tickets on, on the, sh- the rodeo and concert itself, which sometimes can be cheap depending what day you're going, things like that. Um, you know, usually there's if you go on Sunday in the afternoons, you can get cheaper tickets, you know, with the, the Sunday concerts uh, versus the evenings. And of course, like depending on the artist and how, th- you know, so that's then you factor in. Let's get let's just say I'm going to get a drink and a barbecue sandwich or something, you know, go for barbecue. Right. That's not counting funnel cakes. That's not counting carnival tickets that you're going to spend. Turkey legs. Turkey legs. That's not counting anything with trinkets or toys that you're going to spend um you know so it's amazing to me that we at two million people that get to this rodeo you know and and many people go multiple times and you're just like wow the amount of money they must spend each time to go now i'm not talking about the high school kids that show up and you know work the system and you know are you know, on the budget on the download i'm talking about families it, here i think it's like any event honestly but yeah i will say this from experience this year if you are looking to take a ride hail to the houston rodeo prepare to get scalped it is very expensive surge pricing to the tune of like 50 bucks to get an uber 
to go maybe five miles to get to the rodeos. So yeah, be, like be people wary. Because like, yeah, I've heard people like parking and doing the parking ride and then getting, a, you know, but it's it's ridiculous. And and again, everyone's trying to do what you're probably trying to do. So uh, you got. Or, or a large portion. I mean, it's not small sample size. I, I don't know. Like, part of me thinks that the prices are a little outrageous right now. I, I think that's what turns me off to going every year for, for Houstonians that live here. You know, unless you're directly involved with the rodeo or wanting to go see a specific performer just, you know, out of randomness. Like, oh, yeah, let's go to the rodeo. To me, it becomes harder every year to want to go out there because I know that even for me and my wife, we're – we're going to spend like 200 bucks just to go for the day. Yeah, it's true. And I, I like that you're becoming the, the you know, bothered old man just like I am with this. I, I'm not bothered. I mean, just like, I'm just more like, where do I want my money to go to? Indeed. You know what I mean? Like, do I want to spend $30 on funnel cakes and, you know, and a beer? It is certainly easy. <laughs> it is certainly easy to waste money at an event like the rodeo. And I suppose that is a negative. But I will give them credit that they do offer a lot once you're in the door. Right, like we talked about in the previous episode, there is a lot to do in there, I, and, and and that's and that's kind of just looking at the other side. I I let me clarify that I am for the rodeo, I am pro rodeo, but again, like everything, there's always something that it's never a perfect system. I I'm not trying to hammer them about stuff, but I just want you as neighbors and listeners to be aware. So if this is your first time wanting to go to the rodeo, just know that you are going to spend a little bit of money. I will say that it's always good advice when you go to an event like this to go ahead and pad up at home on some food before you go. That way you can be selective when you are there about what you really want to spend those hard-earned dollars on. If you show up yeah. at a place at the rodeo hungry, well, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to get good food, but you're going to break the bank. Yeah, well, th- you're going to get good food if you choose wisely. Because there are there are some booths. I'm not gonna lie. There are some booths there that are, it's it's straight up carnival trash, man. I'm, I I I don't say that lightly, but I I've had some sausage on a stick before that did not taste edible. I'm picturing some dude in cowboy boots and a hat across the way just disintegrating to dust. And like, he chose poorly. <laughs> Uh, you know, a bit I, of turkey leg I, in his hand. <laughs> he chose poorly. Just walking into the moseying into the distance through the crowd. I love it. If you have a turkey leg, you chose wisely. I'm yeah. gonna throw that out right now. I love me some turkey legs, but they they are not cheap, but they're good. But you know, the other it's thing the size is, of your body. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, and, and this is a little bit of a tip here for for those that are are going to the rodeo. Not every booth sells their stuff at the same price. So you can find turkey legs at a lower price depending where you're going. I mean, now I'm not saying that there's going to be like a dollar turkey leg and a twenty dollar turkey, but you'll find different places that will sell uh, their products for different prices. So don't just like see one thing and go right for it and assume you know you let yourself be around, be there, and, and that also goes with the saying "get there early." <laughs> Indeed, get there early. That's a big downside to the rodeo. Yeah. It is crowded, y'all. I mean, it is a seriously well attended event, so you're going to have a long, long line to get in. There's going to be long lines for the food, and there's going to be long lines for the rides. So strap in, get there early, and I guess that is a big downside. You know me; I'm not huge on crowds. No, you got to be there because if not, place. yeah, if you're showing up just for the concert, you're going to be waiting in lines or like pushing it. You know, and and that's the other thing too. You know, depending whether you're just going for the concert or the actual rodeo, you know, if you're in the carnival, it's easy to get in at the beginning of the rodeo, which is nice, and then you're there for the concert. But people that just show up for the concert, all of a sudden it's like seven o'clock and they pile 
just pushing and you just I don't know, man. Yeah, this it, it is becomes it, it becomes a little less glamorous. I agree. This this is another downside to the rodeo because of the nature of what it is and how many different things are on the grounds themselves. It's not like going to a regular sporting event or a regular concert where everyone is being funneled into a really kind of well-designed area or multiple areas to exit the building or the stadium that they're in. In the rodeo, they don't have much choice but to make everyone go through sort of one general area and you're coming from nine or ten different events in well, there. So well, they're all two, being funneled. two kind of. But but yeah, they, they don't have all like every access open, I don't think. Right, yeah, right. It, and then it, once you get, it is limited. I think you're right. Yeah, once you get to those two, you're stuck on that one pathway by the bridges. So it's it's a little chaos. A little chaotic, I should say. Yeah. Forgive me. I, I mean, and if you've got family and strollers and kids and things like that, just you you, you need to give yourself some time. So that, I mean, I, I don't really know how to how you improve something like that with with as many people that go. It can be a little bit difficult. You know, another downside, Brian, that we didn't talk about yet is uh, you talk about the the money coming into the city and the businesses and things like that that benefit from the rodeo. But I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who owns a bar here in town about this specific topic. Oh, losing money, huh? Well, yeah, they said that it's fascinating because some days during the rodeo, they'll wind up pretty busy, but it's pretty busy with a bunch of people that have already had a few too many, so they can't really serve them that many anyway. They can't got they cut them off, right, and get a little rowdy. But then other nights during the rodeo, they said on nights they're normally busy, they'll just be completely dead. So it can have a negative effect depending on what kind of establishment you are and depending on how close you are to NRG and all of these activities that are going on in the rodeo. Well, that's true, you know, because, if again, if you're having to get there early and then travel you know, if you're coming in from, you know, 20, 30 minutes away, right, then by the time you get out and then travel, you're just like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, your local right, watering yeah. hole is not going to get your business that exactly, night. Exactly, right? So, or it'll be somewhere close, right? And that's the other thing that, you know, that's why I was trying to talk about the, the activity and the direct impact of the rodeo. Like, we see large numbers, and I think that's great, but you talk exactly what I was kind of hint- hinting at, that other businesses don't get that. Right. It hurts other business. And for what well, we talked a long period of time. Yeah. For I mean, some of them, it's a windfall. And for some of them, it's a complete, you know, death sentence. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and I mean, do you think that there's any way that the I mean, because they can't lower their prices. But do you think that the rodeo itself, because obviously it wants to generate money for scholarship funds and things like that. But do you think that they should lower prices? That's a very tough call, and, and probably not. I think that they're going to charge whatever the market can bear. I do think there's a committee that reviews how they charge things, though, so they can't just arbitrarily one day double their prices. It has to be approved by a pretty big board. So I think that the people are relatively well represented with it. I think that the real problem is that everything's just becoming more expensive, and eventually you will reach that threshold where maybe you can't bring the whole family to the rodeo this year. you got to just go you or your spouse or See, one that, kid. And that, that's that's, that's going to be a problem. And, and that's going to be a, a much larger problem for them because at that point, you take away the whole family aspect. And when you're trying to push this educational and family and agriculture, you know, and, and this community type of thing, and you take that away where families can't go because it's too too damn expensive, that is a huge, It's I think it's going to hit them. 
I think yeah, it's a lot it, harder it, than it they can think. be very dangerous. It can be the same problem that the movie theaters had, where they priced themselves practically out of existence because nobody could afford to go anymore. Or it could become like Disney World, which is you know the happiest place on earth if you are a high APR credit card. Yeah, like, ex- exactly. You know, Visa loves places like Disney World and the Houston Rodeo because people are usually floating some debt on these things. So yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I, I mean, and, and that's. I'm, let me ask you this: If it came down to it, would you? Is that what you would want to spend? Like, if you had a choice to take your family to the rodeo or to spend a weekend away somewhere, would you go to the rodeo? No. I, I think that if I had never been to the rodeo, my answer would be I would go to the rodeo. And my answer as a as a proud Houstonian would be if you've never been to the rodeo, go ahead and choose it and take your family if that's going to be this or something else. But since I have been quite a few times, no, I think that if I had to make that decision, I would choose something else. Something else? Okay. Even if it was local in town, like just go out to dinner or something with your family instead of going to the rodeo? Yeah, I think that I unfortunately uh, have gotten to the point where because it is so expensive, I, w- I would choose the more low-key dinner than spending this much money to be in a very, very densely packed area. Okay, I mean, what if what if the price was exactly the same? If price was parity? Yeah. I'd probably pick the rodeo. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just for the entertainment value. Yeah, just, yeah. just okay. because it's, it's just a... a point of pride for me as a as a transplant and, and a current Houstonian, right? All right, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, so we talked about some good and now a little bit of some bad. Um, but all in all, I, I would probably have to say that the pros outweigh the cons uh, for the rodeo. But let's hope that the finances don't push people away. So before we kind of move on from rodeo talk, you know, we, we want to talk about the rodeo events itself and what is considered one of the most dangerous sports in the world. Ooh. I know. Bum, bum, bum. Do you, you want to even take a guess? Is it very difficult to, to answer this? The most dangerous sport in the world? Or, or at least what it, most people consider one of, the, one of the most. Skydiving. Skydiving is, is pretty up there. Now, I, you know, because I was scouring around about this because I jumped right to bull riding. All right, so eight seconds of fame, right, <laughs> for a lifetime of possible pain. I mean, people have died bull riding uh, because well, I mean, you're, you're strapping yourself on to a two thousand plus pound animal that's angry, most likely angry <laughs> that you are on its back. I mean, and then and then you're trying to hang on, and you know, just you know, what what do you think he's gonna do if you know you fall off? You think he's just going to be like, nice ride, dude, and then yeah. walk away. No, he may try to gouge you with his horns. I like the way you introduced that, though, because I'm pretty sure I'm one Google search away from showing you that people have died playing, like, ping pong. right? Uh, no. So to make the statement, like, people have died bull riding, like, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I found it very uh, fascinating. It wasn't until, like, the 90s uh, when they started implementing the, the vest that they had to wear and the helmets. Yeah. So and and now I think it's almost a requirement if you're born after 1995, I think you are required to wear the helmet. Oh, that's interesting. So the older people. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys, I, you're out I, of luck. I, I'm, not, I'm not 100 percent on that, but I think I read. <laughs> I think I read that somewhere. Wow. I know we're laughing about that, but it is. It's only because it's sad um, <laughs> that we're laughing. That is. That the, is the something. The tears are real, guys. The tears are real. Um, but yeah, I mean, bull riding is is extremely extremely dangerous and they they don't do it for the money there's no way they do it for the money because they're not most of them are not making that much money doing bull like as a career bull riding rodeo i mean you have knee problems back problems you know a lot of times it's it's face injuries uh which is probably why the helmets became the issue 
or, or implemented, right? Because you, you're getting whacked around your face. You get slammed against things. You get dragged on the ground. I mean, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, especially when you're dealing with a 2,000-plus-pound animal. Yeah, and if I ever tried that sport, I guarantee you all of those things that can go wrong would because I, I would not be a good bull rider. Yeah. Now, I, I looked at several different uh, things online, and I was searching around trying to see if there there's one close or there's a couple of sports that are consistently up there as the most dangerous. Because it's all subjective, right? Everything everything you do can be dangerous. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and just, just so I can put this out there, I found this one humorous, actually. Um, and... I found this one. It was an accident. It was a GJEL accident attorneys. So GJEL.com. We, we can probably put money on the fact that they would know. <laughs> well, this is, this is what made me laugh. Their top five most dangerous sports, and I believe this is in the U.S. Um, in 2021, this is back in 2021, uh, the number of injuries that landed Americans in the emergency room are basketball at number one, with 2,823 injuries. Y'all um, are doing it wrong. American, wow. fo- American football, 1,719. Soccer, 1,289. Baseball, 347. And number five, boxing at 247. Hmm. Now, I understand the boxing thing jumped out to me at first, but then I go... There's not as many people boxing in the sport of boxing as there are in basketball and football and baseball and things like that. But basketball was very interesting. And they and then I went on to read. It says, according to live sports injury data on ESPN five, despite the NFL having five times as many injured players as the NBA, only one percent of NFL injuries have resulted in the player having a long standing injury compared to 80% of NBA players. Wow, interesting. So I And I, I'm sure I'm sure that's dramatically different than the soccer players too because half of them are faking it. Yeah. Exactly, right? They're all they're, Oh, I fell over. They're, they're, oh, I fell over again. They they they're training for their uh their next career as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> for the Oscars yeah, exactly. or whatever. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, so I'm not doubting that there's long-term injury in athletic sports and, and, and professional sports in any. But I still find it funny that because of that and more people that play basketball and, of course, the amount of games that are played. You have an 82-game season versus six, 17 games in the football, right? It is a little different. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. So I mean, I I, I kind of chuckle at that a little bit. I mean, not sorry, basketball players, not to give you plight and say that you your your sport is not the most dangerous. No, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the most dangerous. That now, inj- that it, injury rate is absurd. There's something going way wrong here. Now I I'm not gonna say that your injuries are not warranted, but at the same time there are other dangerous sports than basketball. Okay, so I, I found several different sites or places that are closer to what I guess what I consider the most the top 10 most dangerous sports uh this was on playersbio.com uh, number 10 the luge nine big wave surfing oh yeah that makes sense yeah i mean water's powerful man that you don't know how that i mean you don't you can't control that so a lot of a lot of variables in that surf's up dude <laughs> um helicopter eight helicopter skiing seven boxing six racing uh, I assume that's auto racing. Sure, or motorcycle. Yeah. Motorsport racing. Yeah, motorsport racing. Uh, five, gymnastics. 
which you don't think about that, but I mean, they are flying around on those, you know, parallel bars and all kinds of things. I mean, I mean that that yeah yeah yeah. But they're so little. It's yeah, yeah, they're so. <laughs> uh, four rugby, three horseback riding, which again you start talking about twelve hundred pound animals that can literally stomp you with one foot. You know, yeah, becomes a little dangerous. They decide they don't want to do something, um, and two base jumping and one bull riding base jumping so when i said skydiving earlier i definitely should have uh given the little asterisks especially base jumping especially base jumping yeah. you know sky skydiving i mean yeah i mean yes i guess the i i i'd, I'd have to look it up but I, I don't know if there's as many deaths from skydiving as there are from base jumping or something like that no definitely not so, uh, so I wouldn't People, like, necessarily strap put on skydiving. A squirrel suit and jump off of a cliff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> a squirrel suit. Not a very good survival instinct, but <laughs> I think that's me. funny. All you base jumpers out there, go ahead and post up in the comments if you want to argue with me on this one. Now, there was another one that I found uh, from Luxatic.com, and this was uh, again it, it was top fifteen, but I, some of them are very similar. But you know, fifteen was American football, fourteen free diving. Then they had bull riding at 13, uh, whitewater rafting at 12, rugby at 11, big wave surfing at 10, downhill mountain biking at 9, auto racing at 8, motor uh, bike racing at 7, uh, heliskiing at 6, uh, swooping, which is like skydiving discipline. I don't really know what swooping is, but some form of, of some version of skydiving. It's when two skydivers go down and one doesn't have a parachute. You got to <laughs> swoop it off. Are you, are you just making that up? Because I, I, I totally believed you at that point. I was like, wow, that is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> what is this mission impossible? Tom Cruise would be down for that. Let's go swooping, dude. And, and Tom, if you're listening and you want to invent and reinvent swooping into <laughs> your own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ten jump, only five come home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and then uh, four wingsuit flying, which I think is your squirrel outfit there. Uh, and then three, uh, the last three were um, free solo rock climbing. Incredibly dangerous because it's literally just dangling with nothing but your hands to hold your body up. Um, two, high altitude mountaineering. I mean, we don't talk about that a lot. That's yeah. that's seriously dangerous. And then, of course, base jumping on that. So, I mean, there there are several out there. I mean, do do you think that the rodeo they feel pretty comfortable with uh, keeping tradition of bull riding alive? Yeah, I do. I think that actually you just proved it, right? That is not as dangerous as <laughs> like as dangerous as, as people <laughs> would assume, or or at least as it used to be. Most sports are becoming like that, though, right? Most sports are becoming safer as we learn more and learn how to protect ourselves better, but. Well, yeah. some sports they don't even want to. I mean, there's several sports out there that are just tradition or culturally accepted, and it doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's several. I mean, we we don't even have time to go into it. I mean, there there's some very interesting ones out there. Yeah, it's it's funny to me how long this has been sort of a topic of debate and discussion, though, long before the world of podcasting and YouTube ever came to be. Ernest Hemingway, in fact, once said that there are only Three sports, bullfighting, motor racing, and mountaineering. All the rest are merely games. Wow. Yeah. Oh, from the words of Hemingway. That's nice. I like yeah. that. In, in fairness, he was probably like at three quarters of the way through a liter of booze when he, <laughs> when he came up with that one. But but still, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a topic for a long time. Well, 
What do you guys think? Uh, how would you rank bull riding and the events at the rodeo in your top 10? Or do you have a different top 10 of most dangerous sports? Or do you ha- know a sport that is extremely dangerous that we couldn't even imagine that it exists? Let us know. Better yet, if you know of a sport or if you played a sport that shouldn't be dangerous at all, yet somehow, miraculously, you or someone else unfortunately became injured, I'd love to know about those tragic I, ping I, I pong accidents. I was actually a little ping pong. At, well, g- give me a break. You know, I was actually going to say I was sad that water polo wasn't. I didn't find water polo on, on the top 15 list. Yeah, you weren't living on the edge, Brian, back in college. Well, Sorry, well, buddy. But I'm, I'm not talking about me. I mean, but it's it's a rough sport. It, it really is rough. But it was at one point in, named in the Olympics, uh, and I, can't, I forget what year, one of the most bloody sports to be played because they played it in murky water. So you couldn't see what was going on under the water. Now do they do that to add a challenge? <laughs> <laughs> Like, so, right, mate. That's a little bit too easy. Let's just throw some, throw some tea bags in there. <laughs> well, I don't think they had these nicer pools with these, you know, we're going to chlorinate it or whatever, underwater cameras to watch what's yeah. going on. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. Combining years of experience in podcasting, acting, and sales, CNG offers big media products at small business prices. That's right. To learn more, visit their Facebook page or email them directly at admin at cngcommunications.com. But anyway, uh, you know, we think that the rodeo is great. Uh, There's definitely some things to watch out for, whether it be the pickpockets of your wallet or what you're spending. But do give these uh, cowboys and people that are participating some love because it is it is dangerous what they do, whether they're steer wrestling or calf roping or bull riding. I mean, it really is. Um, But let us know what you think. Yeah. And if you happen to be on a farm and have a bull, do not try this at home. (laughs) With that being said, it's time for Our Neighbor Tweets. All right, this part of the show where we get to go through the good, the bad, the ridiculous of what you guys think neighbors are, well, what neighbors are tweeting. So today our first tweet comes from I bless the rains down in Chasma? I don't know how to say that. I don't know how she says that. Uh, is too long. It even cuts it off. So <laughs> it's like dot, dot, dot. That means your your name is too long for Twitter. <laughs> I bless the reins down in Chasma. I don't know what. Do you, do you think that she was trying to see if she could fit the whole line or what? Well, she, she didn't say Africa. So, <laughs> But anyway, uh, what she said was, I have been feeling bad about being a bad neighbor for a couple years. Wow, a couple years. Okay. Uh, A cop came to my door and asked if I had seen my elderly neighbor in the last few days because mail had piled up and they feared she may have died inside. She hadn't, but I felt very bad that she could have. What do you take about this? I mean, do you think, I mean, that, that might lead into another, a whole other topic. I mean, as as a neighbor, I guess we should be responsible. We should be responsible to check on our neighbors. 
I'm still processing the I feel like I've been a bad neighbor for years part of this. Like, if you, Yeah, she did take a little bit long to get to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I hope the mail wasn't piling up for years before she, you know, like I was, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I bless like the rain. Trash bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could have enacted change on week one if you were really feeling guilty about this. But I, yeah, um, you know what? All I can say about this is, is look out for your neighbors. Take care of them. If, if you notice stuff like that, make a phone call. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, especially if you do know that there's somebody elderly living and they don't have someone there. Um, I, I I actually agree with that. I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't want to shame her, but I think she should feel bad a little bit uh, if she is aware of somebody or, you know, and if, if you're not going to check on somebody, at least find somebody else or mention it to somebody else. So that you're not keeping it to yourself. It's, it's, it's like watching the crime, right? And then not saying anything. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then when someone's asking you about it, oh yeah, I did see that like a few years ago, and you know, it's like, and you didn't want to say anything. Yeah, you know? there's, there's actually a psychological <laughs> explanation for that. I can't remember what they call it, but it's when you know you hear somebody screaming for help, but nobody does anything, nobody makes a phone call. There, there's a deal with that. But I, I will say that uh, if you if you are feeling guilty, I bless the reins, and you want to atone for this maybe go over and knock on your elderly neighbor's door and offer to sit down and like have a cup of tea with them or something and catch up. It sounds like they're pretty lonely if their mail's stacking up in there for days maybe, and they're not getting it. Maybe she loves to jam out to Metallica. You could have a jam session. Who knows? Yeah, Toto. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or maybe she'll, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Got the Toto. <laughs> you got it there. All right. So our next tweet uh, comes from Maddie. And it says, is it odd that my neighbor has two cardboard cutouts of Shaquille O'Neal? One is in their garage and the other is in their window. So I liked this one in the spirit of sports when I saw this. Uh, so I had to kind of go with that. But did, I didn't realize that. I thought people did those fat heads where they like the stickers. Now, I didn't realize people still did cardboard Cut very out. home alone. <laughs> yes, it was like the Michael Jordan on the on the train yeah. <laughs> going by. I mean, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, would you ever drive by someone's house and if they had a cardboard cut out of Shaquille O'Neal and be like, "Hey, Shaq lives there," you know? Are, would you would you ever like mistake? You know, it's like, well, I mean, it's a one story house where it looks like there's a beat up Honda in the driveway. But, yeah, I'm gonna but go Shaquille O'Neal lives there. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess not. And I'll take a stab at answering your question for you. Is it odd? You bet your bottom dollar that is odd. I would not. Uh, it's not one. It's two. Yeah. It's, it's two. He must really like Shaquille O'Neal. It, it's it's or, a little. Or she. It does, I didn't. I, I mean, yeah. They must really like <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. You know, being that I'm not a big team sports person, I try not to judge teams. Uh, too much about people that are really into their sports, you know, flying the the flag of the team or whatever out of their apartments and houses. I I get yeah, it. Yeah, but but flags and and team things that's different to me. I mean that that's a that's a very general. You know, it's it's not like you know Patrick Mahomes. It's like I love that he graduated from my university and and I was so happy for him. It's not like I got a cardboard cut out of Patrick Mahomes, but if I had a a Chiefs flag hanging off, people would just be, oh he's a Chiefs fan. You know, if I had a cardboard cutout, you're like. He must really like. Oh, he's a serial killer. He must really like Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he doesn't care about the rest of the team. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like its team thing is different. Yeah, maybe they lost a bet. That that could be very. You could be right on that one, which is just kind of funny to see, but it's still odd. It's very odd. It's still odd. So, anyway, yeah. Let us know uh, what you guys think. Is that odd? What court cardboard cutout of whom would you put in your window if you had the choice? <laughs> Thank you.
that's another edition of Neighbor Tweets. All right. So, uh, yeah, Philip, I think we have exhausted this one enough. We had some good tweets. We had some good fun. And uh, we gave some good advice for the rodeo. I think so, too, Brian. Thank you for stopping by. And honestly, you know, now that we've gone through two episodes of the rodeo, the pros and the cons, I will say, if you haven't done it, go do it. It's a pretty pretty wild deal to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I am 100% with you. Uh, but it is time for us to get out of here. Make sure that you guys subscribe to the episode or subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel, uh, wherever you get your podcast. And catch us every Friday. We drop new episodes. We do. We got some great guests coming at the end of the season. And we have some changes coming to the format of the show, too. So, you know, let's splice things up a little bit. Stay tuned for exciting stuff. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Out. Out.